Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We got a special guest in the house. We got the CEO of American Income Life, Stephen Greer. Mr. Greer in the house. Welcome to the Grindcast studio again, Mr. Greer. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. Hopped on the PJ, hopped on the private jet, and came to Pittsburgh, the cold Pittsburgh, in the 70, not so 70 degree weather <laughs> today to come come visit us. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Steve was talking about today, he said he hopped on the jet and was telling the guy, you know, man, it's going to be warm today in, in Pittsburgh, 70 degrees. and Hit it just right. And the guy, guy looked at you a little funny and <laughs> just kept rolling, huh? Yeah, you know, I had asked Siri, you know, hey, okay. what, what's the weather going to be like in Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh. Siri got a little mixed up. Evidently, there's like a Pittsburgh, California. So I packed a little lighter than I should have. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, there's no way it can be this good. I've never hit Pittsburgh yeah. in almost December. I mean, end of November here. And uh, But, you know what, it's a beautiful day. We got sunshine, so we ain't We got some sunshine. It was nice, but not, not quite 70. So I think, you know, we'll, if we dig right in, you know, to it, I, I think one of the things that I know about you that a lot of folks – you know, don't know about you, especially the, the young people that listen into our podcast, whether they're in our business or not in our business. You know, a topic that I get a lot of times or question that I get a lot of times from people is, you know, what is your relationship with failure? You know, how do you handle uh, going through failure? Because at some point, everybody's going to have some form of failure. It's almost a necessary recipe on your way to success. Is yeah. You're going to have to. It's like, how do you overcome that failure as, as a stepping stone? And I think what, what, what people don't see is, you know, the couple things that stand out to me about your history and your story as you celebrate over 20 years, you know, with this great company, uh, 20 years married to the company, 25 years married to Miss Dana, yeah. who's the best. And uh, in that journey, a couple things in your story stand out to me that maybe we could start out talking about some, you know, some, some obstacles or failure. And you know, I think one of them, a couple of them we covered in the agency meeting, but maybe if you could touch on those two things and, and uh, some lessons from it that you think people can grab from it, whether they're in our business or out of our business. Because one thing is, if you would have quit during those times, you probably wouldn't be the CEO right now, wouldn't right? It's difficult wouldn't to find here. somebody at the top that quit, you know, yeah. in, in, in between. And so, you know, one of those was in, in, in the beginning, you know, you left a, uh, a salary, successful job, you know, you, you were working at GE, and uh, had had made it in a lot of your family's eyes. Yep. You know, you, you you got promoted five times in your first five years. You know, with GE, and everybody thought you were crazy. You left GE and started in a commission business. And you know, you you had three young kids at the time. And so I think that's a a, a pivotal turning point. Not that it's a maybe that would be defined as a failure, but maybe a, a struggle. You know, of starting out where your wife's working. You got three young kids and you're working evenings, working a lot of hours. You know, you got young kids and all that. So maybe if you could touch base on on what that moment was like, if you could re, you know, relive that in your mind yeah. uh, for people. And then mm -hmm. also, you know, I remember as an owner, you know, when you were owning your agencies, you hit a rough patch, you know, there where it was like, man, am I going to pick up my my pitch book, my my bootstraps and, yeah. and, and do this thing? Or am I going to am I going to hang them up And that that? Uh, you obviously overcame and, and uh, went on to do great things. And so maybe if you could touch on those two things. Sure. Um, I'll tell you, anytime you start something new, it's always hard in the beginning. 
you know, you're, you know, with any business, anything in life, anything that you've done, anything that you've ever picked up, whether it's a sport, uh, business, um, it takes a while and it's not a lot of fun being the new guy at anything. We all like it easy. We like comfort. We don't want to be the new person at a, at a, at a, you know, in a room of people and, but all those things take a little bit of time and, you know, starting out in a hundred percent commission business, it's always one of those things like maybe even opening up a business. If you knew everything, you might not even open up that business or start in the business. Right. If you knew how, how much of a challenge it was going to be. And, you know, I can tell you in the commission business and, um, I learned more about myself my first couple of years than I had in a lifetime up to that point. You know, when you're really out there hunting for your food and, and, uh, you know, learning a brand new business. And so when I got started, um, just the way things worked out, I went to work for my cousin and he was in upstate New York, which is about 700 miles from where I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. Was that Rochester? Yeah, that was okay. Rochester, New York. All right. And we needed to sell our house, but I needed to get started working. So I went ahead and went up before my wife and, uh, and kids. And like you had mentioned, we had three kids under the age of four. So we wow. had like newborn, uh, almost two year old and um, you know, three and a half year old, basically they're boom, 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 all in a row. Mm. And, um, you know, it was an interesting time going from all your normal routines and the comfort of, you know, your, your schedule to sleeping on a mattress in the corner of my cousin's one bedroom apartment because it just didn't make sense because any minute my house is going to sell, my wife's going to be right up there. Um, but unfortunately what happened is nine 11 hit down in New York city and the world trade center was uh, attacked and literally the housing market stopped. It was like the world went into one of these time warps and you see a few of those. And I think a lot of people listening today can, they know where they were when COVID happened. Right. Well, this right. is 20 years ago. I started this new business, this brand new career. And out of nowhere, this thing happens and, and literally the world stopped for a minute, which put us in a situation where uh, for the next 10 months, I was in upstate New York. Wife and three kids are back in Kentucky. Wow. I've got to work to make money. And if I'm not working and I'm back at home in Kentucky, I'm not making money. We've got bills to pay. We got bills to pay in two places now, you know, because of, you know, and so it created some, uh, some, some interesting times. And why I say I learned a lot about myself, I was sharing a story earlier with some of the guys and I think a couple of people related to this. And so I'll share this because everybody looks at all, they always look at the end of the, the deal, but there's a weird time where like I would wake up, throw up, brush my teeth and go to work and be the top person in the office. And, uh, I didn't even exactly know what was going on with me at the time. I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. And it was just weird, you know, weird times, but I didn't know anything else other than go to work. And I think it's kind of interesting because some people, even when something like that happens in life, you just naturally go the other way. You take, the path of least resistance. Well, the great thing for me was I had a wife and three kids. So I had four really serious reasons why 
I needed to go to work despite how I feel. And how many times a lot of people would, would, would take that as a as a reason to sink back into safe zone, comfort zone. Straight safe zone. Job at GE, yep. making seventy grand plus yep. twenty years ago. Yep. So it's yep. really over six figures, yep. you know, now yep. nowadays with with inflation. Yep. And and you took a chance. Took a chance. And uh, you know the old saying, you know, burn, don't burn your bridges. Yep. They were burnt. You know what I mean? There yep. was no going back. And the reason why there was no going back is, you know, anytime at the time GE was the biggest company in the world most admired company in the world. It was a type of place where if you went to work there, you worked your next 30 years, you got your pension, you had made it. People already thought I had made it just because I had got a job there. Got a job there. Yep, and, yep. and so when you leave something like that, even though they love you, they tell you you're crazy, you're making a huge mistake. How could you do that to your wife and kid? I mean, everything that you can mm. imagine, which really was just a little more fuel for the fire, yep. uh, for me to say, hey, I, I got to make it happen because I, you know, I can't be wrong. How did you get through those, you know, 10 months of, of sacrifice, you know, the, to, to go up, you got to sacrifice, yeah. you, you know, sacrifice much to gain much. And so there's not, you know, there's not too many bigger sacrifices than not being able to see your family every night or every yeah. week or, you know, stuff like that. Mentally, how did you get through that? It wasn't easy, but. Uh, you know, I had a, uh, a wife that was very on board with what I was doing, a wife that believed in me. Um, you leave me with, with three kids under four. Yeah. For four hours. Yeah. For 10 hours. Yeah. Let alone 10 months. You know, we're in trouble. No doubt. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I had the easy job. Everybody yes. thinks yes. I had the yes. hard job. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. She was back home with the three kids. But what I'll tell you is she understood the vision and what we were trying to do for the family wasn't what I was necessarily trying to do. You know, we were trying to get in a situation where I could make enough money where she could not work at her job, which was cleaning houses at the time. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to go work and then try to babysit and literally the money you're making working and babysitting. But we could not do without the money at the time. And a lot of people feel that way. It's kind of a catch-22. You're trapped. And so it, it took a lot of support and understanding from her. But I think what a lot of people realize with anything that's that's hard or easy, it's just like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You wake up every day, you go to work, you get a little bit closer to the goal. There were times where she would come up every four to five weeks, try to come up for a day or two. And I was still trying to work when she would come up and She's still trying to keep the house and everything going there so we could try to show the house to sell the house. Um, but it's one of those things where a lot of times if you just hang in there, you just keep pushing. You just go. A lot of times it's just around the corner. Yep. And I think there are so many people, so many times they give up at the first major obstacle or second major obstacle. Um, they don't realize that the majority of the people who have had any level of success in life, they've really just overcome a few more failures. They say that success is nothing more than a string of failures, putting them, you know, yep. kind of putting them together. Yep. And I, I don't really, when I look at people in all different avenues, all different walks of life, they have sort of that similar story is, well, man, I just didn't quit. I kept going. And then all of a sudden you look up and things get a little bit easier. And, they, you know, the, the sun's a little brighter. You can start to see the light. Well, it got a lot tunnel. brighter, you know, because I know in a, in a relatively quick period of time, you ended up being 
one of the top producers in the in the company, top yep. producer in your office, top yep. leader in, in your office, which which at the time was pretty much the hottest agency out of all of the agencies in American Income Life at the time. You guys were the, the hottest and you were the hottest in that agency. And, and there was a couple of you guys that were super, yeah. super hot. So you struck it, you know, big there pretty, pretty quickly. And uh, after, you know, winning all the awards and all that, you end up being an agency owner. You know, I, yeah. I know the story you, you picked up, moved move from New York, moved to Houston, took yep. one person, started all over again, uh, built a, a successful operation, you know, again in, in Houston. And with that success, at one point you hit a period, a, a rough patch. And, yeah. and uh, you know, just for the sake of time, you know, we, we could say just things got, things got rough and it got to a point where, uh, you know, you went from not needing to sell to make a living, yep. you know, and, and everything running smooth to where you had to go back out there and make sales yourself and say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep pushing through this. Yep. Tell, tell us about that period of, of time. What, what was that like? What did you go through mentally? How would somebody dig out of that? <clears> because so often you'll see people in our business, you know, whether they're owners or they're you know, top leaders, you know, they'll hit a rough patch like that. And yep. it's, you know, rather than going back out and doing it again, they say, I'm, you know, I'm done and, and they quit. You push through that. So, you know, two things. One, probably one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned in life. I learned out of that example. And I, I remember um, it was October. We had had a huge month and business was good. And I remember telling a very close friend of mine, man, like I got this, can't get any better. I've never made this much money in a month. And I mean, my head was probably no telling how big it is. I'm, I'm just being keeping it real. And three, four months later, I was literally almost back to the beginning. And that's kind of the short version there. But, you know, what I learned out of that was stay humble. You know, there was a, a critical thing. But, you know, there's that point, and we've all been there, where even though you don't want to go there, you start talking about or thinking about plan B, whatever that is. Hey, do I, do I need to go back where I started, hit the reset button and build back up, take a step back, go from, you know, from the major leagues down to triple A ball, <clears throat> get my, get my mojo back and go. And I mean, these things, I'm thinking these, and all of a sudden I started verbalizing some of these and my wife said, well, Steve, if, if you're going to have to go back and kind of go to work, you know, back with your cousin, let's say where you came from, you're going to have to rebuild a team all over again. You're going to have to get back out there and, and really do this. I was like, yeah. She goes, well, why would you do it for somebody else when you could do it for yourself? And it sort of hit me. You know, it's like one of those deals where, um, you know, they, they say that the only thing that that rich people were afraid of is like like losing their money you know that that type of thing when you ain't got any is you know and so then they achieve a certain level of success and then they start fixating on oh my gosh if I ever had to go back and you know that could probably be some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy but when you realized what got you there and if you're just willing to do that again it's really not that big of a deal making that decision and it doesn't matter what level of our business you're in Simon it's a lot of different levels other than agency owners yep. of people that yep. build teams of 5, 10, 20 people. Things are going great. And all of a sudden, what 
you know, you, you get there, you think you got it all figured out, and all of a sudden you That's usually up. the issue, Isn't too. It? Is, oh, yeah. Is before things go down. That's right. It's you think you got it all figured out. We yep. got this. You're not yep. putting in the work, you mm-hmm. know, the focus as much as you used to. Of course. But you did it. You made the sacrifices and, and pulled yourself out of that and, and went on to do amazing things again as as a, as an owner. Went on to be SGA of the year, which is agency owner in our business uh, of the year. Very next year went on to went on to be the CEO. And so those are those pivotal points, you know, that you can go back on and say, man, not everybody handles those adversities that way or makes the necessary sacrifices, you know, that would have made life a lot different for you, your family, others, you know, other people that you're responsible for leading, you know, from your family to other people's families. You know, you, like a lot of people, it's, you know, it goes back to people love the story of, nobody wants to hear the story of a silver spoon. Somebody was handed everything to them and life was good and easy. We want to hear about the poor, the wretched. But when you're (laughs) in it, that's right. when you're in it. Oh no. Yeah, no, you don't want to hear that. The, you don't want to hear that. Test, this, you're going to be thankful for this one yeah. day. This is going to be good for you. Yeah, no, no, nobody wants to hear yeah. that stuff. No. But it's the truth. Yeah. You know, I, I had I heard a guy ask, you know, a, a crowd of people. He said, man, if you could think of some of the hardest things that you've had to go through that you've had to overcome, if you could if you could erase that from your memory, would you? Yeah. No. And oftentimes it's no. Right. Because that's what makes you. It's what makes you. I agree. It's what prepares you for, yeah. for the battle. And, and sacrifices, making sacrifices is one of the things that it, that it requires, you know, to, to, to play at the level you're playing at. What sacrifices w- would you say that, that people need to continue making, you know, as they're starting to climb, that, that some people that are successful continue making, other people stop making those sacrifices? Anything that, that stands out to you that people don't see? Like what sacrifices do people need to make that people don't see? I think the biggest thing that I would say on that is you just have to understand, and and I don't want to bust the bubble here, but you've always got to continue to sacrifice on some level. It's different, but it's always on some level. You know, when, uh, when I got the call and the question to go to the home office and become the CEO of the company, I had a son that was a freshman in high school and a daughter that was a junior. And my wife was adamant. She was like, hey, our daughter is going to finish high school. I was like, of course. You know, no big deal. I'll commute. But the challenge was that with that is in those two years, her junior and senior year, then my son would go from his freshman to sophomore year to him his junior, junior year. Yeah. And when you got kids that are pretty good kids, and they're great kids, and you're just trying to kind of put a bow on it and wrap it up and get them on to college or the next level – you don't want to derail that. So it was easier for me to make the sacrifice to commute every week than it was to pull them out of their environment. So for the next Dallas, four years. Houston to yep, Dallas. Houston to Dallas, Monday through Friday. And so four years. Four years. Sacrifice was really, really easy when we were young and we were working hard to pay off debt and get our first home and a new car and put a few dollars in the bank. But all of a sudden when you've achieved a certain level of success you're a little rusty at the sacrifice and all of a sudden you know you're in a position where you're either going to make a sacrifice and do something for the greater good of everybody else or you're going to stay in your comfort zone and we all know that nothing great's going to happen and so it's a big decision not just a steve decision but for my wife my kids as a whole for us to have a conversation as a family and the um, whole, I remember the whole family, you know, getting together like that yeah. and, and the kids 
su- supporting it. Yeah. You know, because if they all would have said no, you would have you wouldn't have did it. I, I but it everybody, get, easy everybody getting together and, and uh, supporting you on that is yeah. is really is really cool and, and special. I think it really was a big lesson for the kids because when I when we were kind of coming up, if you will, they were young. Yeah, and they every, don't remember. They don't remember. Everybody thinks the, kid, the kids don't remember. You know, I yeah. always joke and say that I got the kids together and I said, "Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I missed some t-ball games. I missed some dance recitals. You know, dad, dad's sorry." And they said, "It's okay, dad. We like being rich." <laughs> For <laughs> real, joke. <laughs> but, you know, in fact, they told me you can make it up to us. For the rest of our lives. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Truth is, they don't, you know, when they were young, they don't really remember what was going on. All they know is they had a great mom and dad, and you know what I mean? That, that, they don't, they I don't. I think that's something we need to dig into. It's, it's, it's uh, uncomfortable, you know, because I almost want to back off it because you can offend people. Yeah. You know, say, yeah. I know, oh, wow, man, he missed his kid's T ball game or he yep. missed a recital or something yep. like that. And reality is, you don't want to. You don't want to miss anything. Right. But there is another reality of sacrifices need to be made. And you can't go too far, you know, to where you miss everything and you're not there as, as a father. For sure. Anybody that knows you, you know, I think that the first thing, if I were to explain you to somebody else, you know, is to, is to understand they're going to meet somebody and get to know somebody that at the core of them is a great person and, and a great human being and a really good father and a really good husband. And, you know, a lot of the times when I get an opportunity to, to spend time with you, I pick your brain on on those things, on marriage and family. You know, I pick your brain on how to, because your your kids, the relationship you have with your children is something people need to understand how good it really is. I mean, yeah. it's, you have such a great relationship with, with your family. It's something that, that I think everybody would, would aspire. You know, everybody wants to be a, a CEO, you know, but I think, man, everybody should really aspire to have the type of family life that, that you guys have been able to build, you and Dana. And, and part of that has been, you know, you, you, her, Dana's sacrifice and support, your sacrifice and support. And, and some of those sacrifices were, you know, it's not being never there, you know, but it's, it's the sacrifice of, man, during my son's high school years, you know, I was seeing him on the weekends and yep. I wasn't there, you know, Monday yep. through Friday all the time. Right. And, and in the beginning when the kids were, you know, two years old, three years old, four years old, you know, young yep. kids, you know, you're grinding, working a lot of hours, putting a lot of work in. And a lot of times those are some of the things that holds people up from greatness, from going to the next level if they're in those positions of, of well, I don't want to, you know, miss time with, with the two-year-old. Or I don't want to miss time with the four-year-old. And it's not, man, let's not see them ever. Let's not right. spend any time with them ever. Let's use that as an excuse to be a deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. But there are sacrifices that need to be made that if you do it the right way and you go back and ask your kids, you know, when they're 15 or when they're 20, yeah. you know, would you have rather – you know, me stayed home the whole time and us not be able to have the life. And you joke and say, oh, no, we'd rather be oh, yeah. we'd rather be rich. Yeah. You could make it up to us for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, that that's those are things I remember even on a small scale. You know, my mom and getting us the, the, the fight to get us off of welfare, to, to, to get us in a better area, in a better neighborhood. I remember crying and watching her go to work and work two, three jobs. And yep. when I was eight years old, you know, I would have told her, hey, look, I'd just rather stay broke. Yep. Let's stay in our $11,000 yep. house. Right. Stay here and play video games with uh-huh. me. And let's just live in poverty because mm-hmm. I want you here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that pool, you know, sometimes for the parent or for the people sometimes can really hold them back from giving people and kids a better life. So I think it's good to hear that side of it, mm-hmm. you know, from you that it's not one of, of the kids come back around and they hate you as a dad because you no. made some sacrifices right. and, you know, and all of that stuff. 
So there's there's you know since you're on that subject, you know I think we we should get keep it real for a minute um, and talk about balance. Because I have people ask me this question, you know, Steve, how do you feel about balance and balance in life? And I feel like balance is, you know, important. Like when you look at, you know, eating and working out and, and even, you know, too much work can be, uh, you know, uh, hazardous to your health, if you will. Yep. But I also know that most people that have done anything somewhat great in life have had to get out of balance for a moment in order to get balance. And there's a lot of people that kind of use balance as an excuse to not achieve things that they could achieve. And so specifically what I'll say, and this will probably ruffle, ruffle a few feathers, but I'll say it. There's a huge problem, I think, today of people confusing quality time with quantity time. So you can go work a job, go home, and there's a lot of guys that go home all night. They jump in the loser lounge, kick their feet up, watch TV, they're on social media, and they are present, but it's that let's be alone together. They're physically there, but they're not mentally there. And so for those of you that are out there listening that feel a little bit out of balance right now, I would just challenge you to think about the quality of the time. You know, so when you are spending time, be there, be all there, uh, whether that's with your girlfriend, uh, with your wife. Put your phone down for a while. If you're focusing on your career and building your business, you might have to uh, put up the bowling ball. You might have to put up the, the Oh, not equipment. the bowling ball. They got to put the bowling ball and down. And the silk shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even though it says Simon right there, you might, you might have to put it up in the closet for a little bit. You might have to sell some of your hunting stuff, your fishing stuff. Or for some of the young kids out there, you might have to put the Xbox up for a minute and hold on the fortnight and the whatever night and then for the social media junkies out there you, your screen time might have to go down for a while and um listen we could sit here and make excuses all day long but i really believe that there are a lot of people that are kind of confused on the difference between quantity quality. time and quality time yep and uh, you know, I remember it's that whole thing. You got 168 hours in a week. You got it. If 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 you if you work 60, you got 108. Yep. If if you sleep for another 60, you know you got 50. Yep. You know, call it left. And it's what with those other 50, how much can you do? You already worked. You already slept. If yep. you put those towards quality use, there's a ton of ton of time and ton of stuff that you could still accomplish. And you know what? None of us are perfect at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I remember specifically in those times when I was like out of balance. So I'm Monday through Friday, I'm in Dallas and Houston, I'm on the weekends. Uh, Friday night, Dana and I would have our date night on Friday night. I would literally like walk into the restaurant and just hand her my phone. Hey, can you slide that in your purse? Because I don't even want to be yep. tempted because yes. we just have habits and routines. No doubt. You know what I mean? And, and it's like. That's a big one. That's a, that's a, that's a big one. That's a free marriage tip there, yes. fellas. I got uh, that one spot, yeah. now down. I didn't always. Just, just give it to her. There you go. That way you can't get, now, can't get it back. She's allowed to pick hers up. Yep. Yeah, that's that's all fair. You know what I mean? But you, nope, can't have put it. that thing up. That's right. Yeah. And and just, you know, so, you know, if you're if you're listening today, I would just say don't use some of these are pretty pretty bad excuses. Excuses. For, and and look, if you get out of balance for a little while, it's just like with anything. If you invest time, you get time. If you invest money, you get money. money. 
So you're going to have to give you put up the time somewhere. in. You get a bunch of time back. You get that Actually, that's that years. imbalance temporarily is what gets you all the balance in the world. If you use the time wisely and, and, and build something crazy the other way. So now that you're the, you know, been the CEO for a while, how long we got now? Up, up I'm wrapping up my six full years year at the home office, but four years is flew the by two is the president. Years. Flew by. Traits of the greats. You know, you've had a chance to, to, to coach and lead people at the highest level in our business and in yeah. our industry. And yeah. I, I'm biased, you know, but I think we got some of the greatest leaders. You know, I think I'm surrounded my, my, my teammates and peers and people in this company yep. uh, are so talented, man. We got yep. some really special people. Being able to lead people at that level and travel the world and be all over the place and being in everybody's business and office and talking to people. Yep. Any Anything you could you could point out that are like, man, here's some of the traits of the greats, man. Yeah, there's there's some ones that really jump out, you know, and some of them might not be the first ones that you're thinking of, but what I see that some of the best people are able to do, and sometimes I don't even know if they're consciously doing it, they're able to connect with people and, like, listen at a different level. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're, we're all a lot of, you know, there's a lot of us, we're salespeople. A lot of us are a little on the ADD side, you know what I mean? And sometimes we're so thinking about the next thing that we're going to say we're not listening to the person. But the great people at American Income, the people that build bigger agencies, they're able to be just as good a, of a listener as they are at, at, at being a, um, you know, a sort of a talker. And it's kind of interesting because specifically our business is a people business. Yeah. And people that are on the other side of that know that those people genuinely care yep. and they're really listening, not yep. just hearing them. Yep. That's how they, so that, that's one thing. But I do see that there's a certain uh, and a level of charisma that people have And early on. I thought they all had to be a certain type, but what I've realized is that charisma comes in many different shapes and sizes and you can't really see what's on the inside of people. And so, um, I've seen a lot of different styles and people that have had great levels of success in our business and they have their own charisma and their own swag and their own way to do it things. But it's, it's kind of a, 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 a different way of doing it for it, each one of those people. There's no doubt, no doubt though, the, uh, you know, probably the two biggest ones is like a relentless work ethic. Um, you know, they just, they, they're just hard working people that just, they're not going to give up They're They look at, um, you know, the, the business as not just a way to make money, but a way to have purpose with people. And, and they, uh, it, the, our business is interesting because it's like a, a, a riddle you can never really solve. It's always changing and growing. And just when you think you got it figured like out, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, just never, you know, it, it's kind of like a marriage. Try to figure your wife out, you know what I mean, in a good mm -hmm. way. Yep. Just when you think you got it figured out, you'll yep. find out you don't, you know. And so that keeps you coming back for more. And they, they rise to that challenge in, a, in occasion, so they have that work ethic. And then they have that relentless pursuit of, okay, well, I kind of figured this out. And I think you're definitely at this point in your career where you're like, man, this is something that really gave to me. And now you think it's like the best thing in the world and you want to share it with a lot of other people. And so it's not about making money anymore. It's about purpose and making a difference in people's lives, making a difference in young people's lives and old people's lives. 
you know, you just see all the benefits from it. And yeah, I would say those are some of the traits that I see over and over. One of the things I heard you, you, you bring up is this, you know, it's kind of like a marriage. You can never quite always, you know, figure it out. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, being that you've had, you know, 20 years and plus in our business, 25 years plus in, in marriage. Is there any similarities, you know, anything that you could pull out of those two things that, that you could pull out and, and take from those yeah. to learn about each other? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, you know, in uh, this part, you know, th this is just my opinion. That'd be an important thing to say on the podcast yep. Yep. in my experience, you know, okay. I ain't writing no books on marriage or nothing. So, you know, I think one of the things that, that a lot of young people think is that um, marriage is a feeling. And it's not, it's a commitment. Mm. And so just like with any new relationship, everybody's all tingly toed and, you know, bright eyed. And, and then with any relationship and, and, and that's how you are in business, you're excited. Okay. You're, you're, you get started and you're excited, but then all of a sudden the newness wears off. Maybe you've been around for a year or two, you know, and, and maybe your toes ain't exactly tingling anymore, but it's the commitment to the person and to the marriage and to the business mm. that you made to be there for a long time. And so um, obviously that takes two people and, and, you know, you can't do anything if the other person doesn't reciprocate that and feel the same way. But what I've always thought about and never done a good enough job at, whether it's business or marriage, is it's not what the other person can do for you. It's what you can do for the other person or for the business. And if you sort of have that mindset, like a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm in this business so that I can get money out of it. I'm in this relationship so that I can have whatever, whatever. When you take that opposite approach of what can I do for my spouse? What can I do for this business, uh, for these people? If I help enough people get what they want in return, you get what you want. It's the same thing with a marriage. And it's, mm. it's, it, it, it's a challenge because we're all human. We're all you know, you, we have, the, you know, kind of a selfish nature and that type of thing is very normal. Um, but it, there's some very interesting parallels, which is this. When it's tough, when it's not easy, are you still committed to what you started? Mm. Are you still going to do what you said you're going to for better or for worse? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. I feel very blessed that I found an amazing uh, best friend and partner in life and wife in life that felt that same way. Um and, and how often, you know, in, in 25 years, did you maybe have a rough week or a rough month in marriage? And then out the other end comes greatness. I tell you know, you we're what, great. Yeah. You know, and, it, and business is that way. I wish so many people, whether it's business or marriage, you can look at, uh, you know, now over 25 years and, and 20 years in business. You can look back now. And Steve Jobs had a quote where he said, you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards right now you look back and you see those people that maybe they were struggling whatever maybe it's that seven year itch or something that people talk about you look back and say man like dana told me there were times i left you you know what i mean i just didn't tell you you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and, i mean that's just part of the deal and there's times in business where you're like i might have quit i just didn't tell my manager yeah. mentally but i kept going i kept yep. and now you look back and and what's really neat is being 25 years down the road in a marriage now, it's the best it's ever been. They're the good, I mean, we made it through the hard time. She's got me trained now. It's <laughs> a lot easier since she got me trained up. But now it's so much easier and you go, man, I wish for some other people that they could make it through some of those things and stay committed to the process, just like in business. 
you know, you can remember, I mean, you've got a great story in business and it wasn't all up, up and away. You got some heartbreaks and, you know, some people that quit on you. And so, you know, just things that happen in business. That's, that's every, every person who's ever owned a business or multiple businesses. I mean, can you imagine all the people in the last 18 months that had a business and, and, you know, global pandemic hits and they've got their life savings invested in those businesses and just in a snap, yeah, you know, yeah, that entrepreneurial spirit doesn't die though. Those people yeah. will make it back. They'll go. They'll, they'll come back. They'll come back. No doubt. They'll come back. No doubt. Speaking of the staying in the line with the marriage thing, how, how important do you think it is for somebody to have a supportive spouse when it comes to doing business, being an entrepreneur, especially especially in our business? So, uh, you know, there's there's a great saying that uh, Fred Hedaya always says, and it's try to do it favorite. in his accent for me. <laughs> yeah, do it do it one yeah. time in his <laughs> accent for me. Yeah, and his bo- I can't do his Boston accent, but he says your wife will be either on your side or on your back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. And uh, that whether that's wife, spouse, whether it's man, woman, whoever we're talking to today, um, man, you know, you got to have your your partner supportive of you and supportive of what you're trying to do for for you and your family and you know I was always very blessed to have a wife that was always in my corner and I'm sure there were probably times where she was wondering what was going on um, but she was always so supportive and and uh, you know I would tell you business and life in general is tough enough by itself having somebody else sort of tearing you down and not building you up. Mm. And, and you got to reciprocate that for your partner as well. I think that's kind of important because if, if you're not working with your, your spouse or partner or whatever and making decisions for the family, that's where some of that disconnect can come from. If everybody knows what we're working towards and how long, where I see a lot of guys get in trouble, they're like, okay, I'm going to work real hard. But they don't know how to separate some of the old stuff that they used to do that you can't really do anymore. We talked touched on that a little bit earlier. It was like, I used to do this stuff. Well, right now, if you're going to work this hard and get out of balance, you got to give up the bowling. God, got to give up the bowling. The, the man, extracurricular things for a yeah, minute, and, and for a moment. It's, it's hard when you got a reputation at the bowling alley. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people know who you are. Yeah, you got his you bag know. and everything. Yes. Yeah. Spe- you know, even speaking of the the extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to lure you in to the dark side of jujitsu, you know, after these, (laughs) after these, uh, all these years, man. man. I love that about you, you know, at at 49 years young, you know, still pushing yourself and challenging yourself and in your jujitsu journey, you know, tell me about, tell us about how, how that all started and how everything's going, you know, right now with you, with uh, how you loving jujitsu. I think once I just learned that I'm not gonna be an Olympic athlete, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not training for UFC, you know. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey and the process. There's always somebody ahead of you and there's always somebody behind you. It feels like there's more ahead than behind, you know what I mean? Whether it's in technique, whether it's in age, athletic ability, strength, and all these things. But the beauty You've definitely of it, been working, though, because yeah. you're getting good. You're getting I, good. Better. How cool is it? Okay, get you get you a CEO, everybody, <laughs> that will that will push his tables out of the way in the suite of his room at the hotel in this yep. big old <laughs> mansion. Yeah, 
to where we could get it, get in some uh, jujitsu gear and roll on the floor, yep. and, uh, and 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 go to a meeting and leave me in the room to roll with Slav. Get you a CEO like that, man. You know Super what? cool. It was a lesson. I get Super a I cool. get a free lesson out of it. So, you know, there's a, uh, you know what? I think uh, everybody should do jujitsu, and here's why. It there's so many great business parallels in terms of starting something new, being uncomfortable, you know, starting as a white belt. And it made me a better person in terms of remembering where a brand new person was when they start our business, when, you know, or dealing with your kid with uh, something new, something that you think should come easy to them. Because I don't know why I was sort of on the, on the slow learner path to jujitsu. I was like, for a takes while, time. It, was, it wasn't clicking. I was yeah, like, what? I don't even know what I'm. It's harder to, do. to grasp than a punch or a kick. That yeah. comes more natural. Yeah. And I've I've noticed, you know, it's like to punch. Yeah. I mean, there's a sweet. I never appreciated boxing as much as I as I as I do now after understanding it, learning why do they call it the sweet science? There's yeah. more to people if they don't know it and they don't understand it. You just see two guys swinging at each other, right. but there's so much, you know, yeah, so wow. much to it. But I think jujitsu is even another level from that. You know, boxing, punching comes a little bit more natural. Even kids, you know, they'll start out yeah. and they'll punch each other or kick yeah. each other. Yeah. But nobody's naturally, you know, as a kid pulling somebody on their back and triangle choking them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's no. it's there's such different angles. It's it's such a it's such a unique. Mm -hmm. It's it's like uh, algebra, you know, versus really addition and subtraction. You know, so there's so many pieces to put to the puzzle but you're putting them you're putting I'm, them together listen man i'm just uh quietly showing up that's and, the key and what happens over time is get a little bit better you know what i mean you're not the new guy anymore you know there's just a lot of that before you know it you might even be helping somebody on a little bit of something going i might you know i'm not the best at this but this is what you're supposed to be doing yep you know yep. and and uh so it's fun and i've met a lot of great people and uh you know it's 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 awesome to get together with like guys like you and slav we could sit there and talk about it all night, and everybody else is like, "Why are y'all talking about it?" Yes, and it's again, I, I you know, relate it to our business or to marriage, big time, it's big the, time parallel. It's the puzzle I can't solve. Speaking of of you know the start out phase, white belt phase, new agent. Yeah, w what advice would you give for somebody? And I guess I'm going to talk specifically to people in our business right now. What 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 advice would you give to somebody to that's starting out brand new? The, the first piece of advice is just stay coachable, you know, stay real plugged in right at the beginning. Cause it's, it's, I don't know, maybe there's some people out there. I haven't heard a lot of great stories in our business about people that just everything clicks. I know there are people that have a lot of success early on, but a lot of times they don't even know why they're having that success. If that makes sense. Yes. It, and it might be there. There's a, a lot of times that happens in life, but it's one of those things where you really need to count on your up, you know, your mentorship, your your manager, whoever that brought you into the business, and just stay open minded. A lot of questions and keep showing up. You know, I mean, you you're going to have to show up. Be amazed at what happens twelve months later if you don't quit. It's great. You keep showing up. Just you know, when when you talk about, um, you know, you hear that thing about anything that you're going to master, you need to do for ten thousand hours. So if in our example, a presentation maybe only took 30 minutes on, on Zoom, uh, meeting with a client, you're going to have to do 20,000 of those to, to master that craft. If you did 10 a week, that's only 500 a year. 
Mm-hmm. So it takes, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's a lot like jujitsu mm-hmm. when you're only going a couple times a week for a mm-hmm. few hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to get good quick. So give yourself a little bit of a break. Utilize the, the people that have gone before you, the experience of the people that have gone before you, especially in your first hundred presentations. Think about that, your first hundred. Ten a week for the first ten, ten weeks. There's a lot of people that say stuff like, I'm not that good at this. No doubt. And I didn't start out exactly on Like fire. everybody just starts out and they're picking up a basketball and they turn into LeBron James. It, come on. Nobody's good as no. soon as they start. Yeah, it, just, yeah. it doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden... Later on, you're teaching people how to do it, and they're going, oh, he's a natural. I've had yeah. people say that. Well, I can see how. Listen, my background was in finance and accounting when I got started. What they do, they count other people's money. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't deal with people. They're not in sales. They don't do presentations. I've had people say, oh, well, you're a great speaker. How do you get up in front of whatever, 1,000, 2,000 people and, and talk like that? Well, it started by talking to two people a few hundred times and then all of a sudden you're talking to a small group of four or five people and before you you know it's just kind of happens uh, you know along the way and so i think people got to realize that and it you know i think you know they'll say well it's easy for you to say that now but listen all i did was got started and didn't quit no I'm doubt only here because i just got started a little bit before you you know what i mean and and i'll never forget I, I remember one of my jujitsu coaches saying all a black belt is is a white belt that never quit mm. Same thing. So true. Same thing. So true. Managers, new leaders. Yeah. Advice to a new new manager. You know, they're just getting promoted, just getting started managing people, leading people. Yeah. So <laughs> for some reason, when people transition in our business from producing to leadership, they forgot the things that got them there. Mm. And so our business is a, you know, it, it's it's caught, not taught. So it's like parenting. Everybody wants to tell their kids what to, your kids are. I promise you, they're going to do what you all do. If you're a smoker and you're going, don't smoke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your kids are going to be smokers. If yeah. you have bad eating habits, your kids are going to have, if you have good eating habits, it, it all works, you know, the, the same way. And uh, new agents are a lot like your kids are going to do, uh, you know, about, what 80% of what you do wrong about 20% of what you do right. So just understand early on, they're going to catch a lot of this from you. So you, you need to be still producing at a high level and have it. They need to see your work ethics. They need to see how much work you put in on the phones, but most importantly, they need to know that that sacrifice is worth the reward in the end. So you got to cast that vision you gotta cast of that why vision. we're doing what we're doing. Why are we doing all you this work? It. Because the, you, you got to connect it. the dots for them because they can't see it in the mm-hmm. beginning. You know, we're doing all this because yep. one year from today, this is what it's going to look like. And you're constantly, you know, reminding them what's in it for them. You know, they're already looking at you and you might only be here for three months, five months. And they're going, wow, he's amazing. He must be a natural. They don't know how you were three months ago. And so... Um, it's one of those things where the biggest thing I could, uh, I could tell a new manager is, you know, you need to set a good pace, but in, in show them that work ethic, but they need to know what's in it for them all the time, every day, casting that vision, keeping it out in front of them, like saying, I can teach you, I'll help you. I'll be there for you and really be there for them. You know, Karen, the whole thing of people don't care how much, you know, so they know how much you care. You got it. Being patient with people. Yep. Not everybody's going to grab it as fast as you. 
I didn't grab Got it super it. fast. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't the worst in the world, but you know, they talk about industry averages about one to three. I was maybe early on for a while, one out of four, but I outworked everybody. Then I got to about a one out of three. Things started going a little bit better. And then later on, about two out of three. But, you know, I didn't like you, you know, you can make uh, Hall of Fame batting 300 in, in Major League Baseball. Yep. I love that. Yep. Right? Yep. Hall of Fame, just hitting yep. one out of three. Well, guess what? You can do the same thing in our business. Yes. Hall of Fame. Stay well, in the game. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, uh, you know you're going down in the Hall of Fame, my brother. You've just been amazing to, to all of us, Appreciate you know, in this company, the things you've done, the, the way you've led with your heart, you know, just in the short four years, you know, as yep. a CEO, six years with the company, man. It's it's uh, the trust level, I think, you know, in, in our company, while it's never going to be, you know, perfect in the beginning, is just the trust level, I think, is at an all-time high, you know, in the 20 years that I've been here. People know you care about them. People trust you. There's no doubt, you know, you're a Hall of Fame dad, husband, Thank business you. person, friend, you know, everything. And uh, wh what do you see, you know, for, for us, for you? You know, what's the vision, you know, five years from today? You know, kind of what's next? So we talk about it. You know, big company can make a big difference. We're not just looking to hit a sales number. Um, our company really is special in that, you know, we've got a lot going on where we can give back into the communities that we serve. We've got things going on at a corporate level. The things you guys are doing on a local level are, are amazing. Um, the things that we all get together and collaborate on, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And it's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of in our business. But I know the bigger we get, the more impact we can make. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't get people that ask this question a whole lot. But, you know, I've been up at the home office. Uh, we're wrapping up, you know, year number six. And when I uh, uh, came at the uh, end of um, 15, early 16, we had done about 200 million as a company. And this year we'll end up close to 300 million. Mm. And so we've had about a 50%. 50%. Increase, right? Yep. And so in my mind, I, I kind of do the math like this. You know, if over the next five years we could do another 50%, we'd be at 450-ish right there, take 300 and a half. And then if we took that and did it in, again, all of a sudden we're at, we're that 750, you yep. know, right in that range. Yep. And so it kind of lines up. I, I feel like our responsibility and leadership is growth because everybody wants to be part of something that's going somewhere. So we've yep. got to stretch ourselves every day to grow. But it, it really just kind of lines out good for me mentally at 49, you know, to go, Man, let's let's hit this thing really, really hard. If we, I th I think we can do some amazing things. Our, you know, the the vision is a billion dollars. No doubt. And when you look at the number of families we're protecting a month right now, somewhere between 55, 60,000 new families are getting protected every month. I'm proud of that. Me too. But if we were it's doing a beautiful a, thing, we were doing a billion dollars, we'd be doing four times that. Yeah. You know, if we're giving away uh, millions, something of dollars, crazy people don't realize is 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 we have the most globe. Yeah. has the most policy holders yep. of any insurance company in, in the country. Any life insurance company, right? yeah. Any life insurance Over company. 16 million policy holders. Unbelievable. So that's like the, really the cool lives side. impacted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we pay out globe billions of dollars in claims. American income, we're paying out over $70 million a quarter right now. There's just so many awesome things that are. So it's, not, it's really neat that what we do make such a big impact on the families. You know, we're all blessed just from the business in general and the impact it's made on us. But to know, like, there's a lot of things in life you could go sell, if you will. Uh, you sell a car and they just call you because it broke down. You know, they're not happy. 
our, ours is that type of product where later on down the road, you know, they're like, wow, man, I'm, I'm really glad that that person took on that time day. Out of our day. Yeah. yeah. If you do it long enough, you know, you'll have friends, family members that, you know, that get influenced or touched, you know, by that. And sure. In my 16 years, I've had friends of mine, young, you know, my yep. age already, I've, I've had people take advantage of those products and, and it makes it even more real when it's your own family, your own friends and, yeah. and, and all of that stuff. So, but thank you. Thank you for, uh, thanks for joining us on the Grindcast. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. all of your sacrifice and service to the company. Thank you for everything that you've, you've done for all of us uh, in that. and out of business. Thanks for, for helping us. Uh, you know, leadership is caught, not taught, you know, as you say, thanks for uh, allowing us to catch uh, fire. You know, not everybody, has an opportunity to have a CEO or have leadership that, you know, all things, you know, not that anybody's perfect. You're sure. not perfect. I'm not perfect. Not every moment is perfect if yep. you catch us on our worst day. Yep. But, you know, in, in the gist of the grand scheme of it all, you know, to have the opportunity to have a leader that is is successful in their marriage and have somebody to look up to in that respect, you know, not just for myself, but for our people to say, man, that's my CEO. Look at him and his, you know, wife celebrating 25 years or 26 yeah. years. Look at, look at him and his kids. Look at what his kids are doing and, and look at him 20 plus years in the business and, and look at you losing all that weight, you know, getting in, getting in shape, embracing the mind, body, yeah. spirit. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you for leading by example, man, in so many different areas. I know it, it comes with uh, too much is given, much is required, a lot of pressure. You know, to, to, to know that everybody's life, so many lives are in your hands, man. And, and uh, we're all grateful for you. I know I speak on behalf of everybody. When Before I say you that. check out, let me just tell you, thank you. What you do as a person, what you do for this agency, what you do for the company. Um, you're a very, very big part, a very special part of our company. And our company wouldn't be here without you. And you make a lot of sacrifices. You've come, a tr I mean, like you went from asking questions about, marriage to you know help and give out some advice to some people and i know like it's not always perfect and everything all the time but just watching you grow up as as a as a man as a husband and how you've been with your uh with your kids you know i remember uh being a little bit younger and hearing people say stuff like that about other people and it made me want to work real hard to one day have people you know, not again, not that anybody's perfect, but to speak about me that way. And uh, you've made a big difference in your podcast, man. There's there's people out listening that, you know, if there's one or two things that you don't even I, I know, you you know, there's no way you can even know somebody randomly hearing something where you touch their life. And later on down the road, that all comes full circle, man. That's how it works. You Amen. reap what you sow. Amen. Well, thank you. Good thank you. Speaking of which, if this. Uh, can help anybody or impact anybody in any way, please uh, share this with others yep. so we can impact more lives, make a bigger difference. But uh, Mr. Steve Greer, CEO Steve Greer, thank you for you. coming on the Grindcast with us. We appreciate you. Uh, get ready. It's a new day. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. 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 Riches.